Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. We got a pretty stacked day of news. I had to pick and choose that rhymes for what news I thought was most relevant based on the future state of cryptocurrency and the business of cryptocurrency. And I, I made a selection and some may question the choices I made, but I think these are the ones that have the broadest reach. They have the most for the future of cryptocurrency worldwide, even though they're local or regional in some cases, just the worldwide potential and exposure I think are important. Let's jump right into this real quick. Tennessee, one of the states, of the United States, there was a bill that was recently introduced to allow states and municipalities to invest in Bitcoin. And then, of course, there was a part of this bill that was talking about how can we start welcoming Bitcoin mining and Bitcoin as a general currency and be more embracing of cryptocurrency than what most states have been traditionally. And you're saying, well, can't you do that today? And the truth is, is that while there's nothing stopping you from doing it as far as a law, it's not really been quote allowed. So what they're doing is they're saying, you know, there's nothing stopping you. Like today you can go on craigslist.org and you can trade whatever you want for whatever you want and nothing stops you from doing it because there's no law prohibiting it. What they're really much, these are kind of formalities to say, we're going to formalize that these are legal tender. That would open up the door for using the currency for lawful exchange for purposes of things like debts, for example. Let's say that you get a Let's say you get a ticket, you know, your parking ticket or a stop sign ticket or something. You want to pay it, right? And so you can just pay with the cryptocurrency and it would be perfectly on the uh, above board. Whereas right now you would need to purposely cash it to fiat outside of their d deal and then pay them in the fiat. The other piece of this, of course, is more awareness for the IRS because there's a belief that if you take the cryptocurrency out from underneath the shadows, it exposes it for the purposes of IRS awareness, making it thus easier to enact and enforce it. Of course, other countries have already been ahead of this. Them seeing this now and what's happening here is just yet another, another trigger in that direction for more exposure for the IRS to do what they need to do. And on secondary news, this is, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm frustrated that this isn't even news, but I'm going to talk about it because I want to talk about the bigger picture of a thing. You know, we mentioned about the metaverse, and the metaverse is the big buzzword, and everybody's like, well, what the heck is this? And and they don't realize that, I think Matrix Resurrections, Matrix 4, the recent movie, did a good job of explaining that the metaverse has always kind of been a thing. It's nothing new. Facebook just created a buzzword that doesn't really mean anything today. Metaverse in concept, the best example would be the game Second Life. And some people who are older will remember the game Second Life. It was a game that was very popular for a very long period of time where you, you would create a virtual avatar of yourself and you can, you know, you would own an apartment, you would transact at different stores, you can, I believe they were even getting married in this thing. So there was this whole uprise of popularity around the Second Life game. The game is still there. The game has gone through multiple iterations. They've actually improved the graphics and people are able to create some pretty stunning maps. There's a whole different world. There's different segments of a map that create the world. And you can participate in this. Of course, it's a bit of a pain to get in, but once you're in, you can. people were spending days in there away from the physical life. And then, of course, mixed reality, you know, with Microsoft and everybody else, kind of pseudo did this. You, you go in a virtual world, you put on the glasses and you can see a totally different world. Second Life was something different because a lot of these brands 
you know, like the food stores and the clothing stores and everything, they set up shops in these virtual worlds and you could transact with actual crypto, with actual, not crypto, but currency, virtual currency. McDonald's and Panera Bread recently filed some new trademarks for virtual restaurants in what they say is the metaverse, which doesn't really truly exist yet. But the truth is, this is not new. So the, the fact that this is coming up now, the interest is that McDonald's was there during the Second Life rise. They actually had storefronts in there, which you would go and you would order food. Now, of course, it's not real food, but you're spending real money in some cases to do this. So the reason I'm covering this here is that this is basically nothing more than just a me too jump on the bandwagon type strategy where they're just jumping into a thing because they think it's going to be something people are interested in, at least in the short term. And the truth is, as we saw with Facebook and the DM token, it's a fad. This more so than NFTs, I think this whole metaverse thing is a fad. I, I argue it's a fad. I argue it's going to die off after people get bored of it, just like they did Pokemon Go, just like they ultimately did with Second Life, just like they have with so many other things that have come and gone where it sounds good at the time and it keeps people's attention for a minute, but it's not going to hold out long term. Like if I think about what the metaverse as defined, it would do for something like a McDonald's unless they're going to, and then you have to think about why, unless they're going to bridge it to where anything that you purchase in the virtual world gives you its physical analog. I struggle to see the, the reasons of why you're going to be able to do it. And again, older folks don't care about your metaverse. They go and get the real deal as Mr. Kanye West talked about. So it's appealing to a certain segment of the audience at the expense of another segment. Cause you got to think about the money that they spend going after virtual whatever in total disregard of the fact that their drive throughs are crap. They park you for 15 minutes on things and I, they don't solve the real issue. They don't solve real problems. They're solving problems that don't really exist. And that's concerning. Now, it is what it is. It's their business. It's their money. I'm just saying that to me, it's a fad and it's not going to last for the long term. Recently, Russia came out and they had an agreement apparently with the central bank where they're going to regulate Bitcoin as a crypto, as a currency, not just cryptocurrency, but as a foreign legal foreign currency. There's two positives on this and one negative that I can personally think of today. This just broke a couple days ago. The positive, of course, is that you heard about the ban, 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 ban. If you're at least willing to receive Bitcoin as a legal, though foreign, currency, it means that it brings it again out of the shadows. That's good, but you still have some work to do. So that's still in process. That's why I said it's premature here. But also it may open the door for other cryptocurrencies to be accepted by the government. Now they could come back and Putin could come back and say, no, it's only Bitcoin. We don't care about the rest of them. And then we're right back in square one. The idea would be that we would embrace all different cryptocurrencies equal equal to each other within certain parameters, right? Like your stable coins and Ethereum, sure, your mainstays, so that we can embrace at least the parent cryptocurrencies, even if they don't embrace the so-called altcoins or the low market cap ones. It's still progress if they can embrace Bitcoin, Ethereum, maybe some of the top ones like Avalanche, perhaps. So we got some work to do. The negative I see of this, of course, was brought up through um, certain financial organizations worldwide that said, well, that's great that we bring them out of the shadows, that's progress, but we still have to talk about enforcement. And ideally we would get enforcement put in place before we do too much to embrace this thing because we don't know what it is. So it's, it's good at least that there's progress, but we still have work to do to make sure 
that we are enforcing and you know taking taxes and, da, 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 and that still has to be done we haven't done that yet so let's pump the brakes basically and speaking of those regulatory industry you know we have in the united states there was regulation called the dodd frank act and its core purpose was to rein in corruption with banking but also hiding of funds and and so on it's a very involved set of rules and laws but what it did is it caused a lot of expense on many banks because they had to put in a lot of adherence and enforcement protocols whenever you go and transact with the banks. And so it's been pointed as one of the biggest complaints for you know the banking CEOs, the ones that are sitting on bank major banks. It's as a hindrance to progress because it limits what they can do as a banking entity. There's certain things that they can do and certain things they can't. Well, these regulatory industry folks feel that the Dodd-Frank you know, regulation set is kind of what we want to see in crypto, which I disagree with. I'm not going to go into the details of this one, but the reason that this ties to the Russia deal is that I think it's, I think it's a process. We start with bringing it out of the shadows. You know, I said that cryptocurrency, if we start doing the bans, all it's going to do is send it underground. If we send it underground, you lose control and you lose the ability to do taxes, et cetera. So it's one, let's get it out of the shadows. Let's make sure that people, are, it's okay. It's okay to trade it. It's okay to own it. We're not going to come after you. And then hopefully get people to embrace the reporting and taxation, da, 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 so that, but that's going to take law changes because the laws currently don't talk to cryptocurrency with respect to what it is. And then of course you get to the SEC conversations about whether it's a commodity and whether it's a security, which those haven't been solved. In other words, it's a process. There's going to have to be a lot more done in order to fully embrace it because they took so darn long. They took way too long to start having the conversations. Now it's kind of coming after the fact when cryptocurrencies right at a rise and it's on a run. Now they're starting to talk about these things that cause sketchiness and panic and sentiment and that then harms it. And they don't want to do that either because goes to my next news. Turns out that the United States government holds roughly $4 billion worth of Bitcoin. This is a lot and it's more than what Tesla holds. Now you're like, well, how can the government hold Bitcoin? Because as I said, there's no rule that says an entity can't do it. Like there's nothing in the law that says a government entity can't or that a high-powered you know, senator can't. Or There's nothing in the law that says you can't do it. And if the law doesn't say you can't do it, it's assumed that you can. So the government's, you know, they've stacked a bag. And so their bag is pretty large. And given that it's being held by the United States government, as a stacked bag, most of this came from, you know, confiscated cryptocurrency, but then it begs the question, well, then what happens to it? Does it go back to the people? Chances are no. Chances are, well, it'll usually, what usually ends up happening in this kind of a situation is that they may liquidate it in order to apply it against debt, for example, or they may liquidate it to, if like people with the Bitfinex hack and others, if they were wrong, they may liquidate in order to make those people right, at least in part. That's usually what happens. Not always. We still don't know fully. And in the future, if cryptocurrency gets embraced as an actual currency that is transacted separate from fiat, it means that the IRS may have the levity as they collect, you know, more cryptocurrency. Of course, it has, it's not stable value. So how do you deal with value increases as this holder, this whale is holding more and more bag? Right. And then they liquidate and it tanks the value of a thing. And so the amount that they thought they collected is now lower. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately. 
but it speaks to why they really need to get their hands around what is their plan for cryptocurrency and how to deal with it because you took so darn long to really understand what's really going to happen. So I don't know what it's going to look like in the long term. Just know that there's now governments getting involved outside of El Salvador that are stacking bags and they are going to liquidate because they're not going to want to just hold. They're going to liquidate and that may have an impact on people's bags at some point in the future. This also means that Bitcoin, its price movement is now pretty much intrinsically linked to the whims of the United States government. And that should be very, like that makes me nervous. And I don't even hold a lot of Bitcoin, but it's just like, geez, I don't want to see this. But it is what it is. The last bit of note I got here today, uh, Congress has been having the hearings about stable coins. And there's been some initial conversations that, you know, legit stable coins, we, we don't have any problem with. And as long as they're a private stable coin, they have not expounded on the definition of private. But I believe that if it's a stable coin that is in of itself, so like if you create, like, I don't want to use them because they're kind of bad, but like magic internet money is a private stable coin. It's not designed to be directly pegged to any fiat. It's just its own stable coin that is pegged to the value of another stable coin. I believe that's what they're referring to. Those are perfectly fine. The ones that we care about are going to be the ones where you present yourself as equivalent to the United States dollar. And those are the ones that we want to try to get an answer around and we don't have an answer for as of yet, but it's still going back and forth. Of course, stable coins are kind of the backbone of cryptocurrency. We can't trade them effectively. We don't have them and we don't have trust in their value. And so you see the argument from both sides of the aisle. We don't know what the answer is going to be. But it's something to keep an eye on in the long term because, again, if, you know, let's say USD, I doubt USD Tether is going anywhere, but we need to understand better about what's going to happen to it once they get all this sorted, figured out about pegged value and stored fiat and et cetera. goes back to the conversation I have with Mr. Sagala about preferably pegging to something a little bit more trustworthy, as in rare metals, so that we can have that confidence because it's stored and it's available and it's audited um, because trying to peg to, you know, printed money gets really troubling really fast. Let's get into our revisits for various tokens over time. At the top of the hour, I'm I'm going to talk about it because it's getting a lot more attention. Um, I put a couple of tweets out just to kind of make people aware this is a thing. And that one's kind of being one of the more popular. It's not the most, but it's one of the more popular messages we put out there and i want to make sure i'm clear i'm clear to people and i talked about this on youtube and i'm going to i'm going to probably go ahead with my separate update that i did for youtube but i want to summarize my rant from this morning when i dumped thoughts libero financial freedom libero is getting the top attention because libero just breached a penny today this morning and libero still been on its run libero has not stopped its run libero price movement from what we can tell is solid and robust and it's not going anywhere and people are able to take profits and it's still like people are not dumping it and i i shared out a link from their ama they actually they're actually good people they they straight told people you know there's no need to hold take profits just make sure you have enough of a bag and then take profits out of it as you choose and they gave the formula for taking profits and maintaining stable value i want to make sure i'm clear their whole methodology is exactly what I talked about when I first covered it. And I was one of the first to cover it from the show, which you can find at CryptoTalkRadio.net under Basic Cryptonomics. We're on every single platform. And if you listen on any of the platforms, including YouTube at this point, you'll notice that we were one of the first to cover liberal financial freedom. 
This was on January 29th, I believe it was. And at the time, it had just launched, literally just launched. And so the pre-sale wrapped up and they'd launched and we saw a price moving and we saw that it was behaving what it was supposed to do and they did everything that they said it was going to do. And But I, at the same time, it's a high-risk asset. We don't know more about it than what we were told. They did an AMA, this was two days ago, with the developers and they posted the transcript of the AMA, which is impressive. I've not seen any other token do that, by the way. And they took questions from the investors and the investors hit them with hard questions. And they basically came back and said, look, it's exactly what we said on basic cryptonomics. They're telling you the goal of this is to make profit. The goal of this is to make money, period. So take the profits. We want you to do it. And they talked about the mechanics. And we said, from what we can tell, it looks like they took at least a piece of what Titana was doing but they injected better tokenomics to help preserve the value over time to mitigate loss of value. In the MA, they repeated exactly what we said. They talked about the different mechanics that they put in, and they talked about why they did it, which was exactly what we said, which is to help preserve the value, and that was the differentiator against something like a Tatano, was they wanted to make sure that the value was not lost over time, because as you are doing a new token, there's a lot of hard, you know, you're, you're getting whale dumps, da, da, da. So they were talking about the multi-chain farming. That's a different thing. There's different networks at, at play. They talked about the hyper burn that happens, 2 to 4% of the total circulation burn. So basically, as people are buying and selling, as transactions happen, there's a hyper burn that happens. Once they do that, it deflates your balance, but then your balance is increasing. However, they have a reflection mechanic in place. So if you hold it, your share of the market cap goes up. And even if the market cap didn't go up, the value of the tokens goes up. Then the value of the tokens gets more, your share goes up, your total supply goes up because of your reflections happening. And the reflections, of course, are based on the sales. Then they go a little bit further where they say, you know, we want people to sell because if you sell, we're taking some of that tax and we're reinvesting it back into the project. And we're using stablecoin farming. When you farm with stablecoins, it means their value is not in flux. If you go back to some of my past episodes, I talked about the fact that when you have something that is backed by a Bitcoin and Bitcoin craps out, that token is going to also crap out with it because it's backed by a volatile asset. So many of these tokens will back to something like BUSD or USDT as an alternate, but most of them back to the main gas token because it's the easiest to buy in. So your BNB for Binance your ETH for Ethereum, AVAX for Avalanche, you know, Matic for Polygon. Well, those are volatile assets because when things go down, because when Bitcoin goes down, those other ones go down. The stablecoin, it moves, but like pennies. And so what they did is they built a stable token to back this underneath it. So the farming of these now keeps the, the value stable, which we covered on the, sh on the show. They also talked about the initial upfront liquidity, to make sure that the liquidity balance according to the circulating supply is always a good ratio to keep it strong so that a whale can't dump and there's anti-whale mechanics and all these and then a strong marketing strategy the strong marketing strategy to say this is what this is this is how this works this is this is what we're doing and it, it's been successful they were able to get appeal all the way to the airdrop so my point is and i've said it on the show you can go back to every episode that we covered and we're on youtube we've covered this one specifically like four times we've never once taken a stance about whether liberal financial is or isn't a scam because that's not for us to say what we said is they have performed 
according to what they promised, which is that we're here to make you profit. And they tell you in the AMA, just take profits. You don't need to, you can hold and it'll help you. But if you want, take profits. It's okay to take profits. Just know there's a tax and the sell tax is there. And this is what it is. And it has a limited max sell. But like if I read straight off, they said, the optimal strategy for all investors, hold for the first 14 days, then sell 1% of your bag every day. You'll double after 37, cash out 100% of your investment, still have 350% of your bag. Basically, you're, you're drip profiting out. They're encouraging you to do it. They want you to do it. I can't hate on that. At the end of the day, I'm still not concerned if they are or are not a scam per se because you're able to take profits right now. If it bothers you of any risk at all, I would tell you you shouldn't be in crypto. It's a risk like any other. It is a high-risk asset because we know it's unsustainable in the numbers, but so far it has performed. So that's all we can look at and say, this is what it is. They looked at what Titano was struggling with. They looked at what Multiverse Capital, which is part of the same network, was struggling with, and they made tweaks to the contract to build what appears to be a more reliable model for growth of value over time as long as the volume is there. I can't hate on that. And so I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm telling you what I said from the, from the jump. It looks like they've been able to solve the problem of loss of value with rebase tokens. And it looks like they're performing the way they told me. And I've never had an issue selling and I've sold for profit five times. I have a little bit left in there, which I'm not going to sell because it's so small that, you know, if I did sell, it's nothing. But I figured I'd leave it in there and see how high this can go because it hit a penny, penny point three. So, you know, if this guy goes to like a dollar, then cool. It goes to like $2, cool. I don't care how high it goes. I'll watch it. At some point, it'll plateau. At some point, it'll go down. Whenever that happens, then we can watch and say, did you take for profit? Make, hopefully, you're taking for profit because they're telling you to take for profit. So I'm not telling you that it is or isn't a scam. That's not the point. The point is you can take for profit. They want you to take for profit. Just do it smartly. Don't hold long-term if it doesn't make sense for you. If you're not sure of it, don't even buy into it. But I don't think it's fair to criticize them for being transparent and saying, we're here to make you money. At the end of the day, we're not solving the world problems. We're here to get some money and it's able to do that. And if you believe in that model, then take a look at it and see if it makes sense. Shiba, Shiba Inu. Of course, I've been talking about it a lot. I'm actually not talking about the main Shiba token. I'm talking about Leash. The so-called Doge killer, Leash is already very close to 3x from the bottom. So the bottom was like 600 some odd. It's coming very close to 1800 per token. And if, if you were watching Leash, it got as high as like $8,000 at one point. I don't think it'll get back that high, but there's a lot going into Leash. And these are buys. The volume's up to almost 60 million. So these are buys. People are buying this thing. It was announced that Leash was going to be part of Sheeb's version of the metaverse involvement in some form. And that may have spiked some of this additional volume that I'm seeing because of course, metaverse is the biggest buzzword right now. And then of course, Shibarium bone is jumping because bone is going to be the governance token for Shibarium bone is four cents shy, just under four cents shy of the dollar mark having dropped as low as I think 52 cents was the low point, which was lower than its initial all time low, which is interesting. And then, of course, Bones' all-time high was 40 I think it was $40. So I told people on Twitter, it's like, I uh, this has to jump back up because if it's the governance token for this thing and there's only a million in Bone and there's like 200,000 in Leash, they, they got to jump back up. So 
The Sheev main token is going up as well, but it's nowhere near the level of jumps of Bone and Leash. I thought I brought that to attention so you are aware. Satama is experiencing some sideways, I call it sideways, price movement. Uh, the volume is actually up, so we may be close to a bull run on it. I was looking at the graphs earlier, and it seemed like there was a little bit more of a sentiment for buys on the Satama side. However, as I reported on social media, there's still a bunch of ETH sell-offs every now and then from whales. they got to have a lot of whales still in this thing because there's just been so many dumps that just every time it goes up a notch, it gets dumped right back down. So it, I, maybe it's the same people. I don't know why they would do it, but maybe it's the same people that are that are just straight up, you know, they had whale you know, bags and then they sell off a portion to keep the price down and then they buy back in off the dip. Like, I don't know why you would do that, but who knows? I'm not sure. Ultimately, it does appear to be doing a little bit of sideways with a volume that seems to indicate potential bull run here is incoming. We got a long way to go to catch up though, because like I said, we should be three zeros down by now and it is not. Hopefully that's going to turn itself around. Uh, won't you show me how? And then... A token that I spoke about briefly, I did a coverage on, Parabolic. Parabolic has a very good community. I don't like that it's Telegram, but it's still a good community, good people. They're releasing an ecosystem. They're getting close to their game that's being released, and so I'm going to be following up on that one as soon as I see it. But I noticed the new tokens that are going to be part of this thing. I think that they're over-diversifying. I think it's getting way too complex, and I don't think that they're focusing on the like they need to. I'm hopeful that we can get to the point where it's it's focusing back on the parabolic tokens. I love its tokenomics. However, I will look at the other tokens and see if there's something there that's that's worth your coverage or your time from my perspective. And I will be happy to share it with you because I don't want to leave them behind if they have everything cool and clean. ETH fan token, aka now ETH fan token ecosystem. They did a migration to a new contract. They used Everbridge, which is from the Everrise team. I believe they were the first to use this tool for a migration. The general reports, there were a lot of issues, but the general reports is that it was a fairly smooth process compared to that done by others. Of course, there was still some people that weren't able to do it for one reason or didn't have you know gas in the wallet. So I wouldn't say it's 100% smooth. However, it did seem to go over very well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a separate episode on Everrise and talk about its ecosystem because I think now is about the right time to do it. Plus, their price movement is in the right direction now where it's also on a major run, very similar to what I just covered with Liberal Financial. So look for that episode coming here soon about Everrise because I do have a stake in Everrise that I've been, it's, it's staked that I've been just kind of watching and watching the price moving on. But I'm going to be doing that episode as a comprehensive about their ecosystem, especially this Everbridge, because I saw it, but I didn't go deep into it because I didn't have anybody that used it that I could tell at that time. The last one that I will cover real quick, this is a, a past token type coverage episode. I, I keep talking about market move on as I'm talking about liberal financial because the argument keeps coming up about BSC scan and contracts and holders and all this. I can't speak positively enough about marketmove.ai. If you've not used the tool, it only works on Binance tokens, but of course they're the ones that are most at risk in my opinion. So 
if you haven't used it, I do recommend it. But you go to marketmove.ai and you can plug in pretty much any Binance token in this tool and it'll give you an analysis, not just the graphs and the buys and the sells, but also an analysis of what it thinks about the contract. Whether ownership's renounced or not, the fees, the you know, buy and sell fees, but also the holder breakout and then how the liquidity, if there's a lock and where it's locked. And I think it's a good single source of all this disparate information that's otherwise very tricky to find and put some context around things. Because like I said about Libero, yes, they airdrop tens of millions of tokens to people. But if you look at the holder value, it's nothing compared to SHIB as an example. And so it should, ideally, give you a little bit more confidence that at least for all intents and purposes, the data looks clean. We don't know how they might act on it because we do know there could be some sell-offs and there will be sell-offs. We've seen some actual large uh, BSC sell-offs so far with Libero, but they haven't significantly affected the project because a lot of people are still holding because they, they want to see the long term of it. And then, of course, you have the small holders that you know got one coin or whatever. But the market move tells you you know, they're not worried about the holder numbers. They're not worried about the liquidity. At that point, it's trust of the devs. To me, when you put out an AMA like this and you put out the transcript of the AMA, that means they really want the smoke and they believe, you know, there's something here. They want it. They want people's thing. It doesn't mean they couldn't pull you later, but they did two of three audits already. And then it's pending the Certic audit. So I'm calling out marketmove.ai because I think people's evaluations like I saw some people were using like token sniffer and other things, stay safe, which you've heard me use on occasion. Sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes it's a perfectly fine project, but it'll call it a blatant scam, but it's a perfectly fine project. Like even right now, if you run say it's Saitama through stay safe, it'll put it like a 50%. But you know, and that's, if you look at the contract, it, there's no re there's no way, but the devs and the sentiment da, 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 are all factors put into play. But if you were to run, contracts through other tools you'll find that they're more confident so you can't necessarily trust one tool that's my point so made up marketmove.ai is another tool i would strongly recommend that you consider and see if it makes sense when you're trying to evaluate a contract and whether to buy in on something as opposed to trusting disparate sources it puts it all in one and then you can contrast its results against some other tool our last revisit is a token that we covered some time ago on the polygon network this is or imperium was its name at the time now called Imperium Token, and it's, I don't know if I'd call this news, but it's really important for anybody that had their eye on at least watching it. The founder or co-founder of the project had stepped down, don't know the reasons why. Uh, I was reached out to, because I, I did a post on their Reddit with feedback when they reached out to me, and I evaluated the project, and I evaluated the white paper and everything, and basically told them the white paper scrap, and you know, it seems like a decent project, but they need to do a better job, and you know, it was received pretty well by the, the general people and some of the team members, but one of the people who was basically the one of these founders, and I think might have been the guy that left, didn't take it very well, but eventually came around and said, hey, we'd like to have you, you know, kind of be involved and advise every now and then, non-compensated. I said, cool. Never heard anything father, uh, after this, but I got invited to a Discord room where they were just basically chatting. This is where I heard about this person leaving. Turns out that they've kind of re, with the new people in front of it, they kind of realigned and now they're focusing hot and heavy on NFTs. And there's a frustration from the general populace now of that token who remember me and reached out and said, you know, this, did you see what's happening here? And of course I didn't. 
but I see the, the NFTs. I see the messages about NFTs. It's not of interest to me because I don't like tokens going increasingly to NFTs. I know it's the popular thing to do. I don't agree with it. I think you should figure out some more creative way because there's too many NFTs and it's oversaturated. And there's a general sense of, there's a general sense that these guys from me and others, that the guys just don't know what they're doing and they're just kind of throwing things against the wall, hoping something sticks. So they did an airdrop of tokens. You requested, did an airdrop, see if they get some interest that way. They got a little bit of interest and they're doing the NFTs and they're doing these kind of one-off things and they're totally contradicting the spirit of what the token was initially built for. And, uh, you know, the, I, I'm sensing the frustration. I'm with them, but there's not really much I can do. I mean, I left my thoughts out there, you know, almost four months ago and said, this is what I think you should do, and this is what I think you're doing wrong. And they didn't take hardly any of my feedback. They were trying to, I, I called it the white paper, and they were trying to work on the white paper, and we're four months later, and they still haven't updated the white paper to a significant degree. At some point, I can't help, you know, it's up to them if they want to take my feedback or not. So, or to Imperium, the Imperium token, it's not dead, but it's dying. The price went back to original, and people are not happy, and it's disappointing because I think it was a strong project, just not really managed very well. Um, so that may or may not go back to success. Um, I wish I could help further, but I cannot. So that's un very, very unfortunate. Let's go ahead and wrap up with our underdog token. This will not take long. That's why I left him for last, you know, Vanessa Williams. Uh, Gaming Sheba, gaming-sheba.com. It is sort of audited. It is audited by Desert Finance. I'm going to quick go through it. I've watched it for a while. I have concerns, uh, but let's breeze this real quick. So the messaging that they have, first of all, they're, White paper and their website say the same thing, and it basically says nonsense. Quote, the modern technology and contemporary ambient that the Internet created, I think they mean ambience, created cannot be imagined to function as a whole without cryptocurrency. That's a, that's a fallacy statement. There's no evidence of this. Internet preceded cryptocurrency. They're not correlated. The impact that cryptocurrency has on a global scale is astronomical in the sense of being the generator of almost every development, especially the latest one. That sentence doesn't make any sense, and it's false, even though it makes any sense. Cryptocurrency did not, was not the generator of every development. That doesn't make any sense. Upcoming digital platforms will bring the opportunities and experiences that gamers did not have before. I disagree, because as I just talked about, Second Life was already there, as many others have done. Gaming Shiba will be a binding bridge between gamers, streaming platforms, NFTs, and the metaverse with no specificity about what that means. So I'm not trashing them. I'm saying that your message is way too lofty and fluffy and doesn't mean anything and makes statements that you can't back up. So I'm already turned off by the messaging. So I go further. In the tokenomics, there's 7% that go to community rewards. They don't specify what that means, but I believe it's like prizes and giveaways and that kind of thing. I think it's a high percentage. Personally, 5% goes to liquidity, auto liquidity, and then 1% redistribution to token holders. Total supplies, 100 quadrillion, as is seems to be the common. And then they do have a roadmap that talks about these things. And again, it is CERTIC audited, and the CERTIC audit only realized the, you know, the, the same one, centralization privilege, owner. The detail, if you want to know a little bit more about what's going on with the concerns, dessert finance, they are audited by them as well. They go into better details about what's happening with this one under the hood. So the main thing they called out, of course, 
There's low risk and vulnerabilities, but the contract was not renounced when they did the audit. And you can't mint new tokens, so then it's it's limited constraint inventory. Liquidity is locked, so there's some assurances there. In summary, what I'm saying is there's no concern in terms of risk of you know getting ganked or that from what we can tell. But their fundamentals suck in what you describe. Your white paper sucks, and it's not really a good white paper. So the sell, the, the messaging that would appeal to investors is lacking from our perspective. We don't see the compelling reason to buy in. And the reason I'm calling that out so strongly is that what I think they're trying to do is actually a compelling case. I'm saying they suck at explaining that case. And they're not giving enough details in their so-called white paper as to the mechanics of how they would do it. So there's no way to really provide strong analysis around it. What I think they're trying to do is I believe they're trying to leverage all these different forms of what we see of as a metaverse things, you know, NFT ties in with this and MR, you know, mixed reality, virtual reality. I think they're trying to bridge it in some way using cryptocurrency. So like a play to earn type thing that is in the virtual world, but that's speculation. I have no way to confirm or deny that is the case because their document sucks. It doesn't tell me what the heck it's really supposed to do. So when I'm looking at it, you're telling me, quote, Gaming Sheep is the ultimate token for gamers and streamers all over the globe. What does that mean? If Because think of it this way. There's an opportunity where I might compensate, let's say, Twitch streamers in the token for however long they stream. That's a, that's a straight, very specific business case, right? That this token is going to compensate streamers for every minute that they're online streaming games or... This token can be used by people who watch the streams to compensate people who stream in lieu of having to give over your credit card. Like that's, that's a very specific business case, solving a very specific business problem. That's what they lack. They're not telling me what is it that you do? What do you do? What's the point? Because it has a hundred quadrillion in supply, I understand that there's reflections, but your reflections are low, so I can't really give you any credence on this one. It doesn't really matter that much to me because I'm not going to make significant amounts of profit. I see your NFTs, but that's a kind of a me too type thing. I, okay, but you know, where, what, what are we talking about? Who cares? Like, I don't think the vast majority truly care about this. And frankly, if I look at the NFTs that are there, they look like something that somebody I'm being honest and I'm not trying to insult them, but I'm being honest. If I were to go right now to a junior high school in today's world and say, I want you to build me something better than this, those kids would blow them out of the water. It's not, not close. So let's say that the NFTs are not going to get any appeal and they don't have any traffic. So that seems to be the truth. So the NFTs out, you haven't explained how the whole game thing would work and you haven't given me a specific business case and the reflections aren't enough to offset that. So then what's left? I don't have anything to bank on other than the fluffy hope of whatever it is that you're talking about turns into a thing which we don't know that it will or won't. That's my biggest problem with these guys. Your, your white paper sucks, obviously. And your messaging isn't, it, it's saying a lot of falsehoods and it's saying things that don't make sense. And I suspect that these may be getting written by people who are not necessarily native English speakers, and that's okay, but I think you need to have good copywriters in the play that can help you translate into what it is you're trying to do, 
But more importantly, I think you need more specificity into the business problem that your token solves, which I think lacks right now. That's other than that, I, you know, I'd be okay with it. Like, I think they could be sitting on something if what I'm interpreting is the truth. There is a problem in compensation for gaming. There is an opportunity in play to earn. Like these are things that are possible, but they're not doing a good job of explaining exactly what this thing does. And without that, I think you're strong investors. If you go back to my rubric of three types of investors, your strong investors aren't going to buy into something like this because they don't know what their money going to. There's no marketing wallet we can see. So how are you marketing and how are you affording the marketing? What are you, what's really happening here? So again, I'm not trashing them, the people, I don't know them. I'm saying that I don't see the reason somebody would trade your token. And I don't think you did a good enough job explaining what exactly does this solve? What exactly are you going to do? If they want to come on the show, consider it an invite. We want the smoke to help us understand that better. And, you know, we'll happy to do a revisit, but right now, we're struggling to understand exactly what this does. That's the key. And we don't think the NFT is going to be the, going to be the answer. We don't see that there's significant progress. I mean, the price is what it is, but significant progress forward in what we expect it to do because the expectation isn't clear of what it should do. So again, that's gaming Sheba, gaming Sheba.com. If you want to check it out on site, please do by all means. I think there's something there. I just don't know what the something is. And until I know the something, I wouldn't personally advocate investing in it until we solve that and we get more data around what this tool actually does, what this token's designed to solve. That's all I got for you today. I am going to, I was going to do an, a guest on Gentleman's World the other day. That didn't turn out very well for mysterious reasons, but we've got a few more guests booked. We also have another guest that's on schedule for basic cryptonomics hopefully coming up here soon and then we got a few guests on gentlemen's world so there's a lot happening but just so that you know we are here and at the end of the day you you as an investor will need to create your own strategy like we can any of us can tell you whatever we see it's all perception and it's all our individual opinion and we do our best to evaluate it in the lens of an investor but you have to make up your own mind you could look at anything we talk about and say, don't want to do that. I don't trust it. Good. Long as you have a reason why you don't trust it, other than somebody telling you not to trust it, right? As long as you have your own reason, if you looked at it and said, it didn't make sense for me because I only got $50 to invest and I don't want to lose all my money. Great. I might tell you, put 10 and watch it and then let it grow. And that might be the strategy. And maybe you're like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. Great long as you made that decision and it wasn't us. So that's all we got. Take care and I'll check in with you guys tomorrow for some more exciting news. <laughs>